Today is September 23rd, 2022, and our first story, the market is crashing. Inflation fears are getting worse. And get this, there is a looming beer shortage. People are going to lose their minds when they go to the store and there's no beer. Look, it's one thing when your retirement is being drained, it's collapsing and you're worried about it. It's another when you can't drink away your sorrows. This, my friends, is Biden inflation. In our next story, Planned Parenthood changed the definition of heartbeat. Interesting. And shortly after, Stacey Abrams goes into some unhinged conspiracy about men faking heartbeat sounds on ultrasounds or something to control women. How strange. In our last story, prominent investor in Disney slams the company saying you've gotten woke and gone broke and you need to stop. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. I uh, seem to recall Joe Biden celebrating on the White House the Inflation Reduction Act. So let me just uh, give you a round of applause there, White House administration and Congress. The Dow Jones has dropped more than 400 points, breaking below 30,000 on fear that the Fed is overdoing its inflation fight. Hope y'all are paying attention. The economy is imploding. It's been imploding. We have a labor shortage. We got a food shortage. We got a materials shortage. And this is the worst part. My friends, there is a looming beer shortage. I'm not kidding. I hope you're ready for this one because they say they say beer is economy proof. They say beer is depression proof, whatever. Not anymore. That's the old saying, right? When people are sad, they drink. And when they're happy, they drink. So your best bet in economic hardship, open a bar because people want to drink either way. Yeah, there's a beer shortage or at least there's a looming beer shortage. So good luck. You know, a lot of you may be saying, see, I told you so to your friends, to your neighbors and rightly so. Joe Biden, and the Democrats put forth the, inf- the Inflation Reduction Act. Is it doing anything? Now, to be fair, I know it's too soon, but come on. We're looking at a year and a half of a Biden administration and the economy took a turn for the worst the moment Biden steps in. Now, I know a lot of people may be saying, see, that proves it was Trump. To a certain degree, I absolutely agree that Donald Trump played a role in some of the current, well, more so last year's economic issues. I mean, Trump was in favor of locking things down. And then eventually turned around, but didn't do a whole lot to try and help people. And people are saying he should have invoked more powers to try and preserve and save the economy. But, you know, Trump wasn't going to supersede the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. And that's the way it is. So it was under his watch. He could have gotten rid of Fauci. He could have brought in better guidance that could have impacted the states. Did he do it? No. But when you look at the data, right around the time that Joe Biden gets in, he enacts a bunch of executive orders, a plethora a litany of documents, executive orders. And we see, I don't know, like Keystone getting shut down, fracking getting banned in certain areas. And this cause it causes a speculative drive in the markets. People assuming that energy supplies will be dropping just say, "Okay, we're pulling out of our investments. The market drops. And then we hear all the leftist activists say, what do I care about Wall Street day traders? And it's like, bro, this is the retirement funds for old people. They invest in accounts. They put their money somewhere for retirement. And when this tanks, that means they are in trouble. 
This isn't just a bunch of rich people. Sure, you've got weirdo companies like BlackRock and Blackstone, Vanguard, State Street, etc. But there are regular people behind all of this. And that's the crazy thing that a lot of these activists don't seem to get. They think Wall Street is just a bunch of rich people making money for no reason. If that were the case, if there's make if day trading was just rich people getting rich off nothing, they'd be just taking money from each other. The money has to come from somewhere. Not for a lot of these brokers, I, I guess. They're taking fees from regular people. But the idea is these pro traders, not I'm not a big fan of the day traders necessarily, but a lot of these guys are investing for, I don't know, firefighters and the now elderly. Yeah, so it's not a good thing the stuff's collapsing. What we're seeing across the board is brutal. And the pending shortages are what's truly scary. They're saying a global recession is coming. So I hope you have prepared to the best of your abilities. I know many on the left will mock you for preparing, but why would that stop you? You know, I'd love to be the guy building an ark, saying a storm is coming and having everybody laugh and point. I I feel like that's the real message of Noah's Ark, or at least a very important one. I see these memes where they're like mocking Noah's Ark as a story. It's like, bro, I never took it literally. I mean, I, maybe some people do. But for me, I, heard, I saw the story of a guy who was like, hey, if you keep doing bad things, a really worse bad thing is going to happen. So I'm building a boat to get ready for the bad thing. And they all laughed at him. And they're like, you're an idiot. You're building a boat. And then he did. And then a flood happened. And then everybody died. It's a great story. Whether you believe it's true or not isn't the point. I mean, some people think it is. I'm telling you right now, maybe it won't get that bad. But, I, you know, sometimes I think about this because I, I, I've been talking about shortages and price increases. And then I think about how it's, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not been so bad out here. And then I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I don't got to worry about the price of eggs. No, for real. Because we got chickens. Because chickens eat bugs. So make yourself as, as sustainable, as self-sufficient as possible. Because the market's about to implode. And you can thank Joe Biden for that. But let's read the news. We got a bunch of updates. The rates are going up. The, 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 the sterling is collapsing. This is crazy stuff. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. Because we need your support. YouTube recently put out this video series two weeks ago about how they're going to be censoring borderline content. What does that mean? Well, it's content that doesn't break the rules, but is borderline, so they're going to make sure nobody can see it. And of course, people have been complaining that they're not getting notifications for my content anymore. Surprise, surprise. Send an email to shadowband at timcast.com if you believe you're experiencing some kind of negative impact, you've been unsubscribed or something like that. If you were unsubscribed from the channel, if you're not getting notifications, because we're going to compile a lot of that and see if we can put together evidence of a pattern. At the same time, the most powerful thing you can do is just share this video. Be the notification. Resist the censorship. So long as we all decide what we want to watch and what we want to see, censorship from their algorithms will do nothing. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and become a member at TimCast.com. Because in the event they do nuke us outright, with your support as members, we will not stop. Here's the first story. Dow drops 400 points. Stocks slumped on Friday and were on pace for another losing week as investors feared the Federal Reserve's aggressive hiking campaign to fight inflation will lead to an economic downturn. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell by 459 points or 1.53%, while the S&P 500 slid 1.7. Friday marked the fourth negative session in a row for the major averages, 
with the Dow falling below its June closing low around the 30,000 mark. The Fed on Wednesday enacted another supersized rate hike of 75 basis points and indicated it would do another at its November meeting. Oh, man. Oh, that is brutal. I l- Look, man, a lot of the, the sales of property, it's done. Property values are going to tank. It's going to get bad. Your retirement funds, your equity, it's going down. Right now, we're looking at expanding the operation and what we can do here at Timcast. And we've got these people making ridiculous demands on property. And I'm like, bro, they just raised, raised rates almost a whole point, a whole, a whole percentage point, And they're going to do it again. Yet you better sell if you want to sell. Otherwise, you will be locked in. But we'll see, man. We'll see. I think the reality is, typically, if you can brave the storm, you should. Because we usually see, even after a major downturn, things, things tend to improve. Although, this past year, it's been particularly nightmarish. Take a look at this from Investors Business Daily. Dow Jones sells sells off ahead of Powell comments as recession fears mount. What is what is what is Powell going to do? Fed Chief Jerome Powell's comments at the Federal Reserve event in D.C. The early action threatened to extend the stock market's three day losing streak. And it did. Putting the Nasdaq and S&P 500 on track for their sixth weekly drop in the past seven weeks. We've been in a recession. They've been lying about it. Look at this one. This one makes me laugh. From September 21st, prepare for a long and ugly recession, says Dr. Doom, the economist who predicted the 2008 crash. Okay, we're in a recession. we're, We're in it. Prepare for it to be long and ugly. All right, I guess. Here's Fortune.com reporting. With recession fears in the U.S. mounting, fears? Yo, we're in it. And blame Joe Biden. I just want to point out, this is apocalyptic for Joe Biden and the Democrats. We are like 40 days away from the midterm election. Early voting and mail-in voting is going to be starting. And with the economy already in the gutter and with older people voting by mail and early, apocalyptic. They're just going to say, don't know, don't care, Republican, fix it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Economist Nouriel Rabini, a New York University professor and the CEO of Rabini Macro Associates, whose prescience of the 2007 and 2008 housing market crash earned him the nickname Dr. Doom, seems to have chosen a side. In an interview with Bloomberg this week, Rabini said that a recession is likely to hit the U.S. by the end of 2022 before spreading globally next year conceivably lasting for the entirety of 2023. It's not going to be a short and shallow recession. It's going to be severe, long, and ugly. To fend off rising U.S. inflation, the Federal Reserve has implemented an aggressive series of interest rate hikes to put the brakes on the economy. The goal is to engineer a soft landing where inflation returns to the Fed's target of 2% uh, 2 annual rate without triggering a prolonged economic downturn or significant rise in unemployment. But with the current economic climate, the Fed's soft landing goal is mission impossible, according to Robini, 
who sees the rapid rise in both corporate and government debt over the past years as a damning indicator. Rabini said the environment, environment created by rising interest rates does not bode well for the rising levels of global debt amassed in the wake of the pandemic. As lending rates continue to increase, as the Federal Reserve has signaled they will, it could create a glowing, growing number of so-called zombie companies, firms that formed during the pre and early pandemic of easy credit era of easy credit, but are now stumbling along, unable to turn a profit or finance their debts. Many zombie institutions, zombie households, corporates, banks, shadow banks, and zombie countries are going to die as rates continue rising. What's the worst case scenario? Well, I think we're in it. And before I read this, let me just say, you best start believing in Biden inflation. You're experiencing it. Despite interest rate hike after interest rate hike, Robini said that inflation in the U.S. could persist due to rippling supply chain shocks from the pandemic. The ongoing consequence of the Ukraine war and China's zero COVID policy continuing to slow economic activity in the country. The combination of low economic growth and unyielding inflation could lead to a global worst case scenario of 1970s style stagflation. Rabini warned where prices remain high, but economies stagnate anyway. Institutions, including the World Bank, have warned multiple times this year that a return to the 1970s stagflation remains a serious concern for the global economy. Labor shortages. You guys know that we've we've been trying to set up Freedomistan. That's the name of our new headquarters. Freedom is stand. It means place of freedom. We have a cool flag. It's like a yellow flag with a chicken head and a shield. It's like a crest, but it's a chicken. It's fantastic. We're going to be building a new chicken city. The only problem is we're a year delayed. A year now. Why? Supplies and labor. Impossible to get. We, we have the funding. And we're tr- looking for people saying, will you work? And they go, no. And I don't understand why. Further... We find some people and they're like, yeah, I'll work. And it's like, okay, let's do it. And they're like, we don't have any steel. And I'm like, ugh. So how do we build it? I don't know. Wait. It's all you can do. It's not even about individuals. It's not about, you know, whether or not you have the labor. It's whether or not people could work if they wanted to. And so this is where we're at. And I think for the most part, it's thanks to Joe Biden. Take a look at this from tradingeconomics.com. Look at the day. Today, it's so far been a bloodbath in top stocks. Look at this. Has anyone seen any improvement in these in these top stocks? No. Look at this. This is crazy. Right now we're at 29,367. Lower than the previous worst wor- uh, point of 29,933. Uh, That's it. Everything since the start of the Biden presidency has been wiped out. Y'all were warned. I mean, I think most of you knew. Most of you probably didn't vote for Joe Biden. But why don't you go and tell all your friends and family I told you so. Now, I want to give a shout out to some of our uh, successful friends this year. United Health up 25.46%. Huh. United Health is way up. Well, I don't know exactly what they do, but I have to imagine that uh, maybe something having to do with a pandemic helped them. Chevron is up 44, despite being down for the day. Merck. <laughs> yeah, they're a major pharmaceutical. They're doing all right. Coca-Cola seems to be doing fairly well. Hey, good for them. Hey, hey look, Home Depot is up today. 0.02. That's great. Hey, our good friends over at Woke Walt Disney, they're down 43%. Intel down 49. It has been a bad year. So I have some stocks, not a whole lot, but I have some. 
And I'm way down. I think I'm down like 40%. It's just across the board. I don't know. Some of them are doing really, really well. I recently sold at a loss a handful of stocks and I bought into Rumble, which is trading at RUM. Because I just think they have a better business model to a certain degree. I don't completely trust their plans, but uh, I, I have enough confidence that I bought a, a decent amount of Rumble stock. It's, it's trading at like, what, I think like 12 bucks. So we'll see. Considering all this, I'm not sure it's going to go up. But hey, baby, here we go. CNBC Fed raises rates by another three quarters of a percentage point, pledges more hikes to fight inflation. Okay. If you haven't prepared now, I don't know what to tell you because inflation is only going to get worse. This ain't going to do anything. All this is doing is hurting the economy. It's kind of crazy. The inflation that we're seeing at the same time, a stagnation, it's, it's genuinely crazy. A recession with inflation, Ooh, stagflation. Around the world, they try to say that it's Vladimir Putin's fault. The pound plunges through 1.09 as former U.S. Treasury Secretary blasts naive U.K. policies in mini budget as it happened. Congratulations, U.K. You're near dollar parity. Now, I wonder, there's been longstanding conspiracy theories as a goal to sort of stabilize all currencies around the dollar. Alex Jones talked about it a while ago. I'm not saying he's correct. The idea was to normalize the North American economy. For a while, uh, I think the Canadian dollar was like two bucks to the US dollar or something like that. I don't know what the actual exchange rate was, but then it dropped and then it became fairly comparable. And Alex Jones was talking about how what they want to do is you've got America, the American economy really strong and you've got Canada and then you've got Mexico. You need to normalize all of it. Bring up Mexico's, uh, you know, the Mexican peso up to the Canadian dollar, to the American dollar, then you can implement a single economic block. During the formation of the European Union, I heard stories from good friends in Spain, and they said that before the EU, they used the peseta. That was the Spanish currency. And uh, if you wanted a newspaper, it was one peseta. So you'd come out in the morning, you'd take your peseta, you'd buy your newspaper. Overnight, the euro was implemented. And a newspaper was then one euro. The only problem was that a peseta was only a third of a euro. So that means for the average person, the cost of a newspaper tripled overnight. That shock to the system caused an economic crisis. The same was true for many other places. Who benefited? Well, Germany benefited greatly. That shocked the system. So since then, there's been this theory, and it's probably where Alex Jones got the idea, that powerful elites before they can implement a unified economic block, need to stabilize the currencies, then they can change it. Otherwise, you'll cause problems. Maybe it'll be Bitcoin. Maybe it'll be some kind of crypto. Maybe it'll be Fedcoin. I don't know. But look at this now. The pound is nearing dollar parity. The euro slides to a 20-year low as right-wing party poised to win Italian elections. I love that. They're like, it's, it's, what do these things have to do with each other? They say that the euro is trading below 98 cents to the U.S. dollar. Hmm. We're nearing parity. Parity, not parody, although I do think much of this is ripe for parity. So what happens once these things hit one dollar? Do we lock them in as a single currency? Do we then say start using the dollar? Probably not. I think it's a bit too over the top to believe. But the parity will have an impact on trade relations and the economy. In fact, it may make it 
unrealistic to transport goods over the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know exactly how this will play out or why it's playing out. I can only tell you this. Shortages are coming and you're going to feel it. Understanding America's labor shortage, the most impacted industries, they say transportation, healthcare, and social assistance and accommodation in food sectors have had the highest numbers of job openings. You know what the crazy thing is? I was reading how there's a, there was like an aluminum plant that produces like 20% of US aluminum. They shut down. The cost of electricity was too great. So you know what we do? I'm not kidding. All of our aluminum cans, we save them. We're out in the middle of nowhere. So we can recycle it. I don't know exactly what we'll do with it, but I'm telling you, we've, uh, uh, for fun mostly, been smelting them down into aluminum ingots. Now, first and foremost, it's just silly fun. We, I bought a, a crucible in a kiln a while ago, and so we just have these things for fun. And I don't know who did it. Might be my brother. But we took cans. They took cans. They melted them down and then shaped them into just aluminum ingots. Very light, by the way. Aluminum it used to be, uh, or for our British friends, aluminum, the most uh, expensive material. It was, it was more valuable than like gold. Now it's not so much. But with these plants shutting down, it'll be great to have these things available. I don't know exactly what we'll do with it, but, you know, we're recycling with it, I suppose. We're seeing labor shortages across the board. And now we've got Janet Yellen directing the IRS to embark on an $80 billion overhaul plan. Not only are you going to make less money, not only are you going to have trouble finding work and buying goods, 87,000 new IRS agents are going to be coming to extract what little bit you have. You know why? Because you will own nothing and you will be happy. Me, on the other hand, and the other wealthy elites. Oh, well, I say that somewhat facetiously. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with the job that I have and the success we've had. And I'm not blind to it. But the reality is this. Rich people are not going to suffer under this. The poor people are. Now, for me, I'm kind of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. And you should let the people have what they have. We should be cutting taxes and making sure people have more money to spend. No, no, no. They want to cool the economy. So they're raising interest rates so you can't buy things. And then they're going to go into your... bank account, and they're going to squeeze whatever they can out of it. And they're going to look you in the eyes as they do it. And they're going to say, you should not be buying those sugary drinks because you don't know what's right for you. That's what they think. We heard Bloomberg say it, and that's where we're going. Yeah, you think they're going to let you buy beer? We have this story, Cool Plaz. I don't know why it says Cool Plaz. It's cashed from time.com. Why a beer shortage is brewing in the U.S. I hope you're ready for this, because this is the one where I think it's really going to get spicy. You think people are mad? Wait till they can't buy a beer. They say beer and meat lovers might have a difficult, difficult time getting their favorite products this fall. That's because there's a shortage of carbon dioxide in the U.S., leading to complications at a number of breweries and food suppliers across the country. Food and beverage cr- companies such as Tyson and Kraft Heinz have been scrambling to find suppliers of the gas which is used for putting fizz into drinks and freezing frozen meats and pizzas. Some local breweries have even had to suspend operations at their facilities because of the shortage. That could mean fewer jobs and higher beer prices. What's causing it? A number of factors, they say. Maintenance shutdowns of CO2 plants and general summer demand for drinks are the most likely culprit. While many of the specific issues in the the market are new, CO2 has experienced various supply chain challenges since the beginning of the pandemic. The Brewers Association said in a statement, 
is one of the many areas where small brewers are facing cost increases and availability issues. They're going to take away your beer, my friends. They are they are actively taking away your beer. Oh, man, people are going to lose their minds. Hey, but it is what it is. It's the world that we currently live in. I think it's funny. I can come out and be like, there's going to be a chicken shortage. And people go, eh, I'll eat beef. There's going to be a beef shortage. We already saw this. I saw one uh, uh, one barbecue shop said they weren't carrying brisket anymore because it was too expensive. I talked about it last year. And they go, eh, whatever, I'll eat pork. Yo, you're going to be eating bugs. You're going to be drinking scuzzy water. And you'll be happy. How are they going to do it? That's what I wonder. But a transformation is upon us. And I think it has a lot to do with the climate change people. But I think they're liars. I think they're lying about their concerns over climate change because they fly in private jets. They eat their fresh meats and their Wagyu beef imported from Japan. And then they claim you should be eating bugs, not drinking beer, owning nothing and being happy. It is the world that we are in. Inflation remains voters top concern. Can Republicans keep their focus? I don't think it matters, to be completely honest. I, I, I don't I don't think it matters at all. I think if the Republicans get in, you'll you'll see a, a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Thomas Massey calling out the lies and the manipulations. Unfortunately, half the Republicans are going to be shills and then Democrats will be as well. Now, I think it's important if we can get the majority of, of Republicans to be MAGA Republicans, then the other half of the Republican Party, it won't matter. The corporate shills, the establishment uniparty types, they'll have no power. They'll be forced to just fall in line. But here's the challenge. If the Republicans win by, say, 10 seats and they hold a narrow majority, 10 Republicans that are establishment, establishment shills will just defect and be like, these MAGA extremists need to be stopped. So we're real Republicans, but we're going to go vote with Democrats like uh, Liz Cheney. Yeah, she's not a Republican. She's an establishment uniparty shill. Always been. Kinzinger, look at him. He dropped to his knees to fillet the state and they booted him out, gerrymandered his district away and said, oh, God, it's trying to touch me. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Kinzinger thought that if he bowed and licked the feet, they'd spare him, and they didn't. Bye-bye. No, only when you stand up and stand firm can you resist. Do you want to live in the pods and eat the bugs? That's entirely up to you, I guess. Me personally, I'll be honest. I got no problem living in a pod. No, no, no I do mean it. I do mean it. Hear me out. I've, I've mentioned this. If I'm in a little uh, treehouse pod overlooking a beautiful lake, clean and warm, and uh, you got to eat the bugs. Well, you know, you got to eat the bugs. But I wouldn't eat it by choice. I wouldn't mind living in a tiny little small home near a river. That sounds very minimalist and soothing. You know, when you own things, your things end up owning you. And I, I, I appreciate a bit of that minimalism, despite the fact having this massive castle and operation going on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't freak out over it, but I don't want anyone to be forced to do it. 
And also, it's easy to say live in the pod when you don't have a family. So for people who have families, you might need something a little bit bigger than that. But what I would prefer to do is uh, not eat the bugs. Uh, I'll just get some chickens. You know, the chickens can eat the bugs. And then I'll eat the chickens. How does that sound? Now, I guess sustaining chicken life requires more bugs, but they just graze all day eating grass and bugs and other vegetation. We have these funny little weeds. I don't know what they are, but man, the chickens go nuts for them. They just eat them and gobble them up. Good for you, chickens. Eat it all. I'm not going to eat it, but I'll eat you. So why would I want to eat the bugs? I guess my vision of living in a pod would be like, it's a tree house. That'd be pretty cool. Like you're up real high. You know, you're looking outside. You're like, this is a great place. But the reality is it's being forced upon everybody. Climate change zealots clearly want to lock everything down. We're already seeing climate lockdowns happen. We are seeing, I think Belgium just announced they're going to be shutting down a nuclear power plant. Why? There's an energy crisis happening in Europe that's destroying their economy. It almost feels like it's on purpose. I look at what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, and then I look to the powers that be, and clearly they will not let a good crisis go to waste. So they're telling farmers in the, in the Netherlands to stop farming. Why? There's going to be a food shortage. They're shutting down nuclear power plants over and over again, despite the fact there's an energy shortage, because they want less people. Simply put, and this is the path to accomplishing that. Now, America may be the last bastion, the last defense, but certainly we have our elements. We have our zealots in government, in media. We have the cult. And they tell you to sacrifice. They light the economy on fire, destroying your life. And then they buy beachfront property, despite warnings of floods. They fly in private planes, despite telling you to turn your lights off. And they justify it. They're not completely wrong in their math. Look, if you have a million people and you banned all of the private planes used by those million people, nothing would change. You have, uh, what, 700 billionaires or something like that. You take away their private planes, it will have no impact on the climate. But you ban the travel for 7 billion people, and then yes, that will have an impact on carbon. And so these wealthy people are like, why should I give up my private plane? I barely contribute at all. There should be private planes for rich people, but no planes for poor people. That's the problem. Maybe. Maybe they lament the fact that capitalism worked, and it's why they want communism. Today, poor people in the United States have refrigerators, air conditioners, clean running water, hot water. And despite the fact that our medical system is far from perfect, if you go to the doctor, if you go to the emergency room with serious injuries, they have to treat you. And then if you don't pay them, it's just on them. And they got to find ways to get reimbursed or something. Imperfect. I'm not saying it's great. But poor people in this country have tremendous wealth relative to where things used to be. Air conditioning. That's right. If you're poor and you're in low income housing, you're not always, but many will have air conditioning. That's kind of crazy to me. The fact that you can go to like, you can go on Craigslist and get for 20 bucks, get a wall unit air conditioner. But let's say even outside, let's say you don't have air conditioning. You've got clean running water and a refrigerator comes standard. It's crazy, isn't it? I went to uh, a couple weekends ago. Was it last weekend? Yeah, I went to Stonewall Jackson's house. And uh, you heard me you heard me mention this before in a previous segment. And they said uh, up here is the pantry. It was right above the winter kitchen, they called it. And there was a tiny stair set 
a spiral like in the wall that you'd go up to the pantry. And he was like, in here, they'd have meats hanging that were smoked and salted for storage. That's crazy. I'm just thinking about it like a room in your house with meat just hanging there. Like for how long could it just hang there? I tell you this, if it started to turn, you'd probably still eat it. These days, you can be poor and you're going to have a refrigerator because we got a lot of them. Man, it's just so crazy. Well, I think they regret the fact that they've given the poors this opportunity. And because of it, people had more kids. And now there's too many. I think they want to go back to a world. And by they, I mean just generally wealthy, well-off, elitist individuals. They want to go back to a world of feudalism, where the nobles are the ones that deal with everything. And the serfs keep their mouths shut, don't learn to read, and just pull the levers. Till the land, make the food, we'll deal with the more complicated matters, because we are better men. Me? I like decentralization better. I think that if everybody is given access, then you will have a meritocratic system, which results in a rising tide for all ships. But that's the issue. That benefits poor people. And unfortunately, it benefits stupid people, too. Maybe it's just an emergent phenomenon, though. When the smart people decide they're going to work on systems to benefit everyone, it invariably will benefit the stupid people. The stupid people will then procreate and then start gaining a voting, voting majority. And when they do vote, they vote to destroy the system. Hey, an endless cycle, I guess. I think in the end, those that are smart enough to see what's going on with the Democrats and Biden and inflation have prepared and chance favors the prepared. So when everything goes south and everything gets bad, you will be fine. But the people who are stupid, who vote for this, who aren't paying attention, well, they're going to be caught with their pants down. To every one of these people who laughed at me when I said, hey, maybe you should have emergency food. Those people will be the first to beg you, please. I'm so hungry. Just give me one bag of dried macaroni and cheese. And you're going to say, get off my property. Because you're going to need that food for yourself, for your kids, for your family. The gag I say is that as the economy gets worse and worse, one of these days there's going to be a dude in flannels with, uh, with flannel with suspenders, folded up cuffs and a handlebar mustache trying to steal one of my chickens. And I'm going to be like, get off my property. He goes, I'm just so hungry. I don't need anything. Uh, no. And then we just, bye-bye. Catch a squirrel if you're lucky. Because I can't sustain you. You had the opportunity to vote right and protect yourself, and you didn't. Let's see how long you can last. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. You may have seen the viral video of Stacey Abrams. It's amazing. In it, she says that there's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks, a fetal heartbeat, at six weeks. And in fact, it is just a fake sound made by the ultrasound so that men can control women's bodies. It's remarkable. I don't recall there ever being a meeting of men to determine that in order to control women's bodies, we needed to fake the sound of a fetal heartbeat in an ultrasound. But sure, that's the argument she's making. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the nightmare dystopia where definitions change. History is mutable. And as long as the agenda requires it, the narrative will mold reality into whatever the stupid people will believe. I love it. Oh, they believed Jesse Smollett. They believed Russiagate, Ukraine Gate, Michael Brown, Ahmed Arbery. They believe it. They believe all of it. They always believe it. And the best part is you can literally go back in time, change the story, and they'll believe that's how it always was. I give you from the Daily Mail. 
Planned Parenthood watered down its fetal heartbeat guidance from saying a baby's heart does develop at six weeks to calling it embryonic cardiac activity a month before Stacey Abrams incendiary comments. Okay, they weren't incendiary comments. They were unhinged. There's no cabal of men who are like women just seem to want to abort their babies. I know. Let's make a machine that plays the fake sound of a heartbeat. By Jove, I think he's got it. And then all of a sudden, women everywhere went, a heartbeat? No, I don't want to abort my baby. That's just not reality. It's just, that, that's not, not the thing. Okay. Well, now what we're seeing is these institutions will change definitions, alter them. In this instance, it's not the same as like, you know, uh, there, there's a bunch of stories we have where Joe Biden, like a bad thing will happen. And then Biden will be like, actually, bad thing didn't happen. And then also the media goes, actually, yes, it's not a bad thing. And you're like, but it's but it's yeah, but a good example is the recession. So uh, for the longest time, we've been told that a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So we hit a recession and then Joe Biden comes out. And he's like, uh, it's not a recession. And then the media goes, actually, he's correct. It's not a recession. And then all of these woke liberal or just like corporate Dem people are coming out with tweets being like agreeing with Biden. And everyone's showing that like a year ago, you said it was a recession. Now you're saying it's not. This is the game they play. In this instance, Planned Parenthood recently changed their definition. Now Stacey Abrams is saying something nonsensical. So they got they got ahead of this one. This one could actually be that Stacey Abrams reads stuff like this and then believes the psychotic nonsense and comes up with unhinged conspiracy theories like there's some grand patriarch. I, I, I love this so much. You know, at least the Illuminati people believe that there's a multi-gendered approach taking over, taking over the world. But these people are like, it's patriarchy. Yes, the Illuminati is only men. Okay, I don't believe that there is a grand cabal. I just think that birds of feather flock together and rich, wealthy people hang out with each other. And I don't think that the world is completely under the control of one group of people. It's just nonsense. Competing interests, competing elites. It's just conflict. It's conflict. With Donald Trump, you've got a civil war among the elites. And now I give you this. Let's read this story. Planned Parenthood quietly changes its guidance for pregnant mothers at the height of the Roe v. Wade debate earlier this year from telling them a baby's heartbeat could be detected at six weeks to instead describing it as activity that sounds like a heartbeat. Oh. The advice changed sometime before August this year and was picked up on by scientists at the time when the country and the world was debating America's position on abortion. The change gains new relevance today in the context of the controversy surrounding Stacey Abrams, a Democrat who said earlier this week that a six week fetal heartbeat was a manufactured sound invented by men to control women and prevent abortions. Uh huh. The old Planned Parenthood advice contradicted her explicitly. It told mothers that a very basic beating heart and circulatory system develop in weeks five and six of pregnancy. The new advice offers this more watered down version. A part of the embryo starts to show cardiac activity. It sounds like a heartbeat and an ultrasound, but it's not a fully formed heart. It's the earliest stage of the heart developing. Heavens me, cardiac activity cannot occur without a cardiac, right? I'm, I'm, I'm kidding in how I framed that. Hopefully you understand. You can't have heart-related activity without a rudimentary heart. And yes, there's a fetal heartbeat. It's like you can actually see it doing its thing. Here we go. Initially, it said, what's happening during week five and six? 
The embryo is less than a fifth of an inch. A very basic beating heart and circulatory system develop. Buds for arms and legs develop. The neural tube begins forming. The neural tube will later form the brain, spinal cord, and major nerves. The bud of a tail develops. Ugh, we have tails. The umbilical cord begins developing. Cool. It now says, the embryo is less than a fifth of an inch. A part of the embryo starts to show cardiac activity. It sounds like a heartbeat on an ultrasound, but it's, it's not a fully formed heart. It's the earliest stage of the heart developing. Buds for arms, neural tube, the bud of the tail, the umbilical cord. Amazing. This guy, Nathan, says, I think I still have a screenshot of the original from just a few weeks ago. Amazing how quickly empirical observation interpretation of repeated experiments in controlled environments can revolutionize biology in such a short time. Uh-huh. Can a fetal heartbeat be detected at six weeks? Yes, but it's not a fully formed heart, and it depends on your definition of heartbeat. And that's the game they're playing, because if you were to come out, oh, it's just so obvious why they're doing this, okay? It's so, so obvious. The heartbeat bills. There have been attempts at banning abortion once a heartbeat is detected. So now they're saying, it's not a heartbeat. It's not, no, there's no heart. It's just, not, it's just a clump of cells. You know, man, I'm not a fan of abortion. Uh, I'm not pro-life. And, 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 and that's the political term. I'm, I'll put it this way. I am anti-abortion, but unfortunately for many on the right, mm, I'm just a bit more libertarian. And I have some uh, some issues with the way things uh, uh, can be run. And and there I don't know. It's tough. I feel like there's there's no real good answer. You know, I'll, I'll tell you my issue. I don't like abortion. I don't like these manipulations. I don't like it when they try claiming it's not. It's a heartbeat. And life begins at conception, period. There's no logical argument otherwise. None whatsoever. They try. They, you know, every time I've had a debate with these pro-abortion people, they come out overtly just. They always have a different definition of when life begins. I think it was Vosh who said sometime after birth. It's, it's just, it's like, dude, what is your criteria for being alive? And then it starts to become obvious. Why is it that these uh, Democrat types, these elitists are okay with lying to everybody? Because their view of whether or not you're alive is based upon your ability to comprehend. And there is a big distinction between them and us. Now, let me just say, before I get into all that, when it comes to the issue of abortion, I don't like the idea of the government requiring proof or, or, or evidence. You know, there's a privacy issue. Like the original Roe v. Wade was an interesting ruling. I, I think once the baby is viable, it should not be allowed because the baby can just survive on its own. And as viability through technology is becoming earlier and earlier, well, then so be it. And then there's challenges there. The government forcing an individual to, to provide their body to another individual is a worrying thought to me. So I think it's an important thing to point out. But what we're getting to here, they want to reconstruct what the definition is for the sake of the legal argument about abortion. So going back to what we were saying, what, what I was just saying with people like Vosh being unable to define when life begins. Democrats lie. Russia Gate, Ukraine Gate, Michael Brown, Ahmed Arbery, Trayvon Martin. Oh, come on. Jussie Smollett, the list goes on. Their view of the world is that better men and smarter people should be in charge and in control. And if you're too stupid, well, then you shouldn't be allowed. I get it. I do. I just don't think they're smart either. So you see the problem? I have, I have an issue with stupid people taking the reins and running full speed with control of a system. 
I, I think most people should have an issue with that. I also think that there's no real good way to determine who is the appropriate person because they're smarter to run the system, in which case decentralization is probably the best. And, you know, I think it comes from humility. I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world. In fact, I think I get things wrong quite a bit. I think I have a tendency to get things right on fact basis, but predictions, mm, not always correct. And that's just reality. And it's a good example of why I shouldn't be the arbiter of truth and morality and be in charge. Why I should just be another person saying, I did some research. Here's what I think. What do you guys think? I think they're wrong. I believe in a more decentralized system, thus a bit more libertarian. But these people believe in a, you have to be smart and conscious of the truth and reality. You have like, here's, here's the way I see it. The reason they don't care about lying to you is because they think if you're not smart enough to see through the lie, you don't deserve to in the first place. I mean, it's people like Bill Gates. It's people like these, these globalists, these, uh, um, the, uh, maybe that's the wrong world, these population agenda types, the ones who are talking about having less kids and all that, the opposite of Elon Musk, I guess. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, he's a good example. He said uh, we should tax sugary drinks because people are too stupid. He said we should tax the poor because they're too stupid to know what's good for them. Well, he's partially right. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who aren't smart enough to know what's right for them. And, and, and I don't know. It's just it's just true. It's a fact. They don't. Sugary drinks, bad for you. Don't drink them. I've been doing mostly keto. Then I did like a little bit of carbs. I just took the carbs back out again. And you know what? It's a reminder. Cutting the carbs from my diet, I feel better than ever. It's insane. I feel like there's electricity surging through my body once I cut the sugars out. It's nuts. Just more fats, bacon, just bacon and eggs. Go nuts with it. Here's what they think. They think they should be in charge because they're smarter than you. And, they've, and, and this correlates perfectly with abortion. A baby isn't smart. So who cares if you kill it? When Vosh said on Timcast IRL that life begins some point after birth, you start to see exactly what their worldview is. You can kill a baby because it doesn't have the cognitive abilities of better men. So who cares? That's it. I think that really is it. Their only concern is whether or not you are conscious of certain facts. If they can lie to you and you believe them, that's your fault and they can't be held responsible. I don't I don't I don't I don't like that world. I don't. You know, I've talked to a lot of people, even people on the right who have said, you know, talked about how uh, some people just aren't smart enough to comprehend. So we should be careful and control what these people can and can't do. Now, I get it. I mean, every conservative in the world is uh, or in the country, I should say, but in the world is probably going to look at the woke left and be like, those people shouldn't shouldn't be voting. You even have people who say repeal the 19th conservatives because women shouldn't vote because they're too emotional and stuff like that. Sorry, I, I just don't fall in that camp. I think we should just give people the information. We should be stoic, pragmatic to a certain degree. Um, not in the proper sense, but just in the in the uh, give people the facts and then see if a decentralized system of people who know what's really going on can solve the problem. That it tends to always be the solution. You know, you can build one supercomputer or you can network a million computers and a network of a million computers is as, as powerful or more than a supercomputer. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. 
but nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Here's the issue with humans. People like Stacey Abrams, these Democrats, they think they are the supercomputer, but they're not. They're really dumb. But they think they're smarter and better than you, and thus they should be allowed to run things. And therein lies the problem. You shouldn't, because you can't. There is no smarter person. There is no smarter human. We are all, to a certain degree, stupid. You know, you may think you're clever because you know how to set a trap. You may think you're clever because you can win a debate. But winning a debate is not the end-all, be-all. You know, I saw recently this video of Herschel Walker, I think, and he's like, I'm not that smart. And Warnock, he's a preacher. He's a smart man. He's going to embarrass me. I mean, that's all true, I think. But let's, let's take a look at this. Is the epitome of human value in intelligence? I don't think so. I think there's certainly high value in intelligence. And I think an intelligent person with good work ethic can save the world. Somebody who is strong can also save the world in a different way. And I think it's among the Democrats they don't value that. A strong man or woman, trained, a fighter, not a thinker, can they do as much as the smart man? They could do more, technically. How about this? How many pencil pushers, paper pushers, what's the right, what's the right expression? How many of them stopped Hitler? Actually, a decent amount. Their contributions, cracking the code, making plans, it was all necessary. But it was impossible without strong men, not smart men. Now, to a certain degree, there's intelligence and there's strength. But my point is, when I look at a life, I don't judge that life based on whether it can think. I judge it based on, based on whether or not it's an independent life. When it comes to eating animals, I am no vegan. I'm going to go enjoy myself some fresh bacon after I wrap up this video. Because I understand what life is. We are humans. We are omnivorous. We eat plants. We eat animals. We, uh, we do our best. I understand that um, we may want to preserve and protect life at all times, but not all life, because certainly we have to eat. We have to eat plants or animals. That's life, too. And that's just a reality. We're not plants. We don't just absorb sunlight. Well, some people think they do. I recognize the nature of reality. Uh, a story I like to tell is about my Ukrainian friend who was uh, uh, telling me about how they were doing right by the rest of the world, or, you know, they're trying to save the world and all that. And I was like, you're using this, this, this computer that was made by slaves in Asia. It's not about the world. It's about your immediate friends, family, and community. This was years ago, mind you. But that's true. I sit here staring at a very expensive camera. I've got very expensive speakers and monitors, probably produced by crippling slave labor in a foreign country. And I get it. I'm not so stupid that I would ignore the fact that I'm able to do this because there are people who make substantially less money, who build these machines for me so that I can sit atop some ivory tower or sit, sit within the city, the shining city on the hill and have access to this. Now, I wouldn't mind spending more money for it working harder if it was American made and stuff like that. And so we do our best. But this is the nature of the world. And so we do our best. We try not to be exploiters. We try not to, to entertain slave labor. I can't stand Apple. So I try to avoid it. Not like Samsung's all that much better. It's tough. It's not, it's not easy. And you can sit here and pretend you're some noble activist who's like, I will only eat uh, plants and I won't use devices made by slave labor. It's like, dude, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, 
You want to be effective. Recognize your position in the hierarchy of the world. And that means some people have it bad and some people have it good. I'm not a fan of everything. And I wish we could have this utopian lateral communist style society. I mean, ideologically, I don't think communism works. But this idea that we could all be equals and shake hands and trade freely and truly respect the value of labor. and Yeah, right. It's never going to happen. So long as there are exploiters and smart people, it's just not possible. Or sociopaths, manipulators. That's what I see here with the Democrats. They don't value life. They value calculation. They think your value is in your ability to produce for them. And then they claim Republicans are all the same. Well, let's be real. They point the finger at Republicans, and many of those Republicans are exactly like the Democrats, the uniparty establishment elites. They don't care about regular people. I do worry sometimes. You know, Bill Gates, he thinks there's too many people in Africa. That's kind of creepy. Okay, whatever. Now he's bringing corn to Africa, and I just don't trust him. I really don't. Here's a guy who goes on stage and he says that there's too many Africans. And then he's like, I'm going to go give them all injections and food. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Don't. I suppose the argument is that he's saying that if you bring technological advancement to Africa, that will naturally result in population reduction like we see in other places. I don't believe him. I just don't trust the guy. You know, he flew on Epstein's plane. I don't think Trump ever flew on Epstein's plane, but there are photos of Trump with Epstein. So it's like, dude, I don't care who you are. I'm not going to sit here and defend anybody. I just don't get these creepy weirdos out. Let me show you some dictionary definition of female mentioning gender identity draws criticism. Oh, they change definitions. Here's another one. Pull it a fact. The White House is now trying to protect Joe Biden by changing the definition of the word recession. False. No, it's true. Bill Clinton, the colloquial definition. You see the games they play? The colloquial definition was always, or I should say for 50 years it's been, two consecutive periods of negative growth. And what now? And what now, my friends? When it finally hits Joe Biden, they say, no, 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 technically that's not a recession. That's, 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 that's not. If there are people who are stupid enough to fall for it, their attitude is then you should. That's crazy. I've known business people like that. There's a... Uh, it's a business guy. I'm not going to say his name. And he has this attitude and this mentality of, it's not my fault. It's yours. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that, um, I'll give you an example. I'm going to go have a meeting with all my employees. I'm going to call an, a company-wide meeting and say, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We won the lottery, everybody. We won the lottery. This is big news for us. Opening a lot of doors. Congratulations. Pizza on me. Let's bring in the drinks. Everyone's cheering like, whoa, Tim won the lottery. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Then everyone starts going around talking about how amazing it is. Our jobs are secure. We won the lottery. It was the pick three. You know, I won 10 bucks, but I won the lottery. You see that you see how the game works? I've seen it a lot of times. Presumptive language. Convince people to boost morale. Hey, 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 I never said I won a million dollars. I said I won the lottery. That's true. You didn't ask. I've seen, I've seen how people do that stuff. It's a Democrat thing. It's a Republican. It's, it's, it's an elite thing. If you're stupid enough to fall for it without inquiring further and asking questions, it's your fault. I don't believe in that stuff. I think you're supposed to try to help people understand. This is where we're going. The reason why they're changing the definition of heartbeat is because of the heartbeat bills. Because now they're going to come out and be alike, but there's no heartbeat. 
look, everyone agrees. There's no heartbeat. Mm, what are you talking about? So then when they're like, when a heartbeat is detected, they'll be like, mm, heartbeats don't start until six months. Yeah, your law's void. The reason I bring up the dictionary definition of females for the same reason. The law says we protect on the basis of sex. They start coming out saying there isn't such a, such a thing. And then all of a sudden the laws are void and women lose all of their protections. Welcome to the brave new world, my friends. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. From bounding into comics, prominent anti-ESG Disney investor calls on company to, quote, commit to political neutrality before they're, quote, expected to take sides that won't be favorable. Before? They've already done this in Florida, which is why they are getting eviscerated in public opinion. But you know what? I'll give y'all a public opinion. Disney is pumping out garbage. It's getting worse and worse. It's tree-ish. Sorry, man. I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the, but, but the shows have been getting continually worse. The movies have been getting continually worse. They had their heyday. I mean, yo, when Iron Man came out, I remember, I think I was in Los Angeles. I don't know. And I saw it and I loved it. And then I remember the next movies that were coming out and I was like, you know, Captain America's okay. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves looking at this cinematic universe that had been tied together. And then I remember seeing more. And then I remember, you know, Ant-Man comes out, Doctor Strange, all this stuff. And I'm like, man, Infinity War, the conclusion of all of this is going to be epic. Infinity War was. Endgame was. Eh. Endgame was one of those TV shows where it's like, instead of writing a new episode, they just show you clips from old episodes. I never understood that. And I always hated it. But you know what? You know, I wondered, was that the end of something great? Yes. The answer is yes, it was. I mean, we got a few good movies afterwards. I think the Spider-Man movies are pretty good. But now it's all just starting to get bad. It's not even just about wokeness, which is an issue, clearly. But it's just a lack of talent and things are getting bad. Take a look at this story. In the midst of the ongoing public backlash against the company's recent foray into political activism, Prominent anti-ESG Disney investor Vivek Ramaswamy has made a personal plea to the House of Mouse for them to refrain from stepping further into this arena. Otherwise, he warns they'll be expected to take sides that won't be favorable to its business. That's already happened, dude. But I know he knows this. The founder of biopharmaceutical company Rovient, uh, Royvent, sorry, Sciences and the author of Woke Inc. Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, Ramaswamy if it, uh, if it wasn't already apparent by the title of his book, has been a fervent critic of corporate America's recent obsession with following ESG principles, which in short, essentially serve as rubrics against which company can rank their commitments to such goals as promoting diversity, fighting climate change, performing social outreach, and the like. We need to stop it. We need to take a wooden stake to the vampiric heart of the concept ESG and end it. It is nothing more than cult ideology. It is the American version of the Chinese Communist Party. That's it. You want to open a business in China? Yeah, well, you want to open a business, you better have an office for the Chinese Communist Party. That's what this is. We can stop it. We have to call it out. On September 19th, speaking as a representative of his recently co-founded Strive Asset Management, and, uh, and management and those investors 
who through his firm have level of have some level of stake in the entertainment company. Ramaswamy issued a formal letter to Disney CEO Bob Chepik asking him to take corrective action in the face of an unprecedented public approvals rating collapse following the company's public embrace of controversial political positions in deference to social activists. You know what? No, no. Let him embrace it. Let him do it. Because we here at TimCast.com are having a grand old time making content of our own. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the stuff that we're putting out is on the same level production wise, but we're better. We just are. You know, you know, you know why? So one of the, the, the first show we're doing, well, we did uh, um, Tales from the Inverted World, but that's like gonzo journalism into the science, I- into the, the weird and the wild and murders and mysteries and true crime. Cast Castle is a fictional version of the office we work in, and uh, it's a bit silly. We don't have uh, uh, any special mics, no booms, no lobs. We just use onboard mics and it's lower quality, but it is what it is because we decided we're just going to start making stuff because this stuff's gone nuts. It's just garbage. It's getting worse. And you know what? We're going to start here. We are in but an empty field. But you don't start with nothing and then demand a castle. You build a little wood shack. You cut down some trees. You make do with what you can. But we're going to do it. So you know what? Fine. Disney, you know, uh, uh, Ramaswamy, please, please, please don't, don't, don't tell them to change this. Let them do it. Let them destroy themselves from within and from the ashes of the old, we shall build anew. Now, look, in reality, I don't want them to fail. I want them to succeed. I like Star Wars. I liked Star Wars. We'll put it that way. I like Star Trek better. But all of this stuff is being just beaten to death by people who never understood any of it. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about what made it work. They're just beating it and beating it and beating it. They are beating it. Yeah. Man, Star Trek has just been in a spiral, a death spiral. And now they're doing Picard season three. And it's like for anybody who's a fan of Star Trek, it's come on. TNG was epic. I grew up on that stuff. Maybe I'm just an old fogey and I don't quite understand those newfangled shows the kids like. Yeah, come on. Kids don't like that stuff. We're we're looking at Picard. We're looking at them being like, remember Riker? Remember, remember uh, Beverly Crusher? Throwback to South Park, mind you. Disney, on the other hand, seems to be bringing in a bunch of people. They're spread too thin. And this is the problem. I mean, you know, when was the last time a movie like Groundhog Day was made? Here's what y'all need, Disney. You need antitrust. You need to be shattered into a million pieces where instead of just this cookie cutter garbage, you can have merit at 50 different studios trying to make good things. And then we'll get more good things. But back to the politics, they say citing such events as the company's battle with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over the state's newly passed parental rights and education law, their firing of Gina Carano, huge mistake, by the way, and their various attempts to weigh in on anti-abortion legislation. Ramaswamy would lament, there is no evidence to suggest that these positions have benefited Disney's stockholders and a growing body of evidence to suggest that they have harmed Disney's stockholders. Sue them. To the contrary, just last week, you praised Disney for standing your ground, he asserted. We find these comments deeply troubling for Disney's future. To this end, Ramaswamy then took a moment to remind Disney's board it owes a fiduciary duty solely to Disney's actual owners, not to a minority of its employees, activist organizations, or to large financial institutions who promote one-sided political agendas. Bravo, good sir. Bravo. Quote, 
In 2022, the three largest passive asset managers in the world, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, were Disney's top three shareholders. By contrast, the actual owners of Disney are not BlackRock, State Street, or Vanguard, or for that matter, Strive. Disney's actual owners are the clients of these institutions, everyday citizens whose capital is invested in passively managed index funds. You owe a fiduciary duty to the actual owners of Disney, not to the institutions who claim to represent them. There is strong reason to believe that these large asset managers are not acting with their clients' best interests in mind. Woo! Testify, brother. Bring it down. Quote, like Disney's customers and Americans more generally, Disney's shareholders are not monolithically progressive. Thus, even if these investors wanted their capital to be used for political purposes, and most do not, not all of them would agree with the positions Disney chose to adopt. With all of this said, Ramaswamy called on Disney to focus on delivering an excellent customer experience without repeating the same mistakes of the recent past and make clear that it will no longer take political stances on issues unrelated to its core business operations. I want to see a lady with a big fist punch a robot. That's it. I don't care if she's Muslim or gay or anything like that. What I don't want to see is Disney coming out and being like, there's a law being passed and we're going to stop it. What? Shut up. No. The company must make clear that it will hold firm to this promise and that it will not waver no matter how important a particular social cause is to Disney's employees or its followers on Twitter. While we defer to management on the best way to achieve this goal, our view is that such change will only only be possible if Disney formally updates its corporate policy to adopt a position of neutrality ex ante. Such corporate policy would appropriately immunize Disney from criticism, either from its liberal liberal constituents or its conservative ones. Interesting. Disney must act now. If Disney continues speaking out on political issues that do not affect its business, it will face even greater pressure to act when they do. And the sides Disney will be expected to take won't be the ones that are favorable to its business. Ultimately, Ramaswamy issued three requests on behalf of Strive's clients, which included the adoption of a formal corporate policy that Disney does not take public positions on political controversies that are unrelated to the company's core business operations. Two, a public commitment to political non-discrimination against it amongst its employees and customers, including human resources policies, which make clear that employees or customers will not be subject to punishment for expressing political views. Three, a commitment to making all decisions based on long-term profitability of Disney alone, without regard to social, cultural, or political pressure from employees, activist groups, or stakeholders. Ah, here's, here's Ironheart. Yeah, Ironheart. It's just so dumb. You know, Eric July, you know, he's got rip reverse. He's doing something cool. He's doing something good. This is what we need. We need more of. I'm just I'm, I'm sick of the re- redundant, uh, recycled, remade garbage. Everything Disney is doing is unoriginal and played out. Make a new superhero. I mean, come on, Spider-Man. Think about Spider-Man for two seconds. Seriously, at some point, someone was sitting there. And it's like, ah, the guy. But he's got spider power. And then the other guy's like, spider power? Yeah, yeah, spider power. Like, he can climb like a spider and shoot webs. It's like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, back in the day, they went nuts with stuff. Did you know that Superman once had the ability to fire from his palm a smaller Superman? Yeah, it didn't play out very well, but they tried it. Yo, all we're getting now, it's like, okay, um, what if we did Iron Man, but... It's the young black woman. 
It's like, oh, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's an original story, right? Well, Ironheart. Look, I don't know the full story of Ironheart. I don't read that stuff. And if people like it, that's fine. I'm just saying at a certain point, it's all derivative. OK, we get it. We know Iron Man. We get it. Make something else. Let's come up with a new superhero right now. OK, you've done they've done basically everything. They did, they've done stretchy powers. They've done turning to ice powers, turning to fire powers. They've they've done. Uh, oh, man, they redid stretchy powers with Ms. Marvel. It's like they ran out of ideas. How about a person who has the ability to um, what's what's it's hard to think of something that's never been done. Right. Come on. Comment below. Give, get, let's let's come up with new ideas for things. How about a guy who has, uh, oh, I know, I know, when he makes a fist, three metal claws come out of, oh, wait, that's been done. It's like, come on, everything's derivative. They even did, they even did what was it, X-21 or was it X-13 or something? I don't know. Where it was like a clone of Wolverine who had two claws and one claw in the foot. You could come up with a bunch of different ideas for superpowers and an interesting way to make a play on them. One thing, to, to get serious, one thing that I've often... Uh, thought about it. one idea I had for a, a series I wanted to do as a backstory to a video game or something was a, 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 a former post-apocalyptic reality coming out of a post-apocalyptic reality. And you have cultures because we hyper-centralized economies. After everything collapses, cultures built up around those hyper-centralized economies and develop in really unique ways. So for example, in um, you'd have like the frack fields in like North Dakota. So civilization collapses. A hundred years later, the people there are all fossil fuel based. All their weapons are combustion. Their vehicles are all combustion. And so it's not necessarily superhero based, but like they'd have, you know, weapons that were combustion based versus you have an area that's more heavily electric production because it's a solar farm or a nuclear power plant. And so the people there, everything is electric and, you know, maglev trains and the people there use guns that are like rail guns. It's not necessarily the same as superpowers, but you could basically make something derivative of that. A dude who's got uh, a giant stick that has cartridges that when you swing it, they burst at the end, not shooting anything. Like You could come up with a whole bunch of stuff and just make something more original and then get, create a more original backstory. I suppose if you wanted to make something that was more in line with like modern reality, like living in a city or whatever, you could still do something unique or try. The problem is they don't want to try. I wonder if it's because they're just embarrassed. They lack creativity. All they're doing is remaking the same things over and over again. One thing that I've always wanted to do too, and this is just spitballing, is more reality-based superpowers. And I know this has been done as well, but I'd like to see uh, um, uh, something better exploring superpowers and the limitations in physical reality. Because I always wondered about people with super speed, where like, they would experience the world super slow. And this has been explored, but you could do something with friction that they don't normally do. Like if you move too quickly, you burst into flames. So you'd start seeing your skin peel off and things like that. Just, you know, I don't know. I'm sure those things have been done, though. I mean, Frank Miller stuff is amazing. And if you can't come up with something, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a comic book artist who's going to come up with these interesting ideas, but it's like they don't even try. It's like they bring in people who are just like, let's do a Iron Man. But, uh, ooh, Iron Man's heart was bad, so it's like Iron Heart, but, but we should make it a, a, a black woman. This is the problem I have with Disney and all this stuff. And then, you, and then you add in the ESG, and it's like, you're not making it any more original. It's all just garbage. Hey, here we go. Disney's stock. Look at that. 43% down in the past year. Yep. It ain't doing too well. 
Man, is it really? October 16th, 1923. It's 99 years old, just about. It's not even 100 years old, and we're coming up on that. 166,000 employees. That's just so insane to me. Yo, we got like 35 employees, and it's hard enough to figure out. Like, it's hard enough to manage. How does a company so big, and not even just that, just like any company in general, Disney's ratings fall significantly as company faces political backlash. You see, you reap what you've sown. They've got nothing original. So what does Disney do? They just buy stuff. Uh, we'll buy Marvel. Bro, make your own new superheroes. I get it. If, you know, look at, um, uh, who's that? Who's that? Who's that superhero turns into a diamond? She's not really, it's like an Anna here, I guess. Um, Emma Frost, is that her name? So she can turn into a diamond. And then also, and she's also psychic. And it's just like, okay. So why don't you make, uh, I think Hulk is interesting. He gets mad. He turns into a giant monster. But that was just like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So, you know, then you've got Morbius, who it's like a genetic version of a vampire. You could take any one of these old stories and just turn it into something that's more interesting. I mean, they made Thor, for heaven's sake. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can make something new. How, here we go. Set. You make a comic called Set. And it's about, you know, Set, the, uh, the, the Egyptian god of the night. Is, is, no, of the desert. I don't know what he's the god of. I don't know. But him and Ra went on a quest to defeat um, a a Apep. <laughs> you could just take that stuff. It's like they did Thor. That works. Come on. Actually, that would be pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw Moon Knight. I did like how they were taking like these Egyptian deities and they did something unique with it. Uh, that's actually okay. And then what they did with um, with Miss Marvel, I can actually respect. So comic book Miss Marvel just grows and it's like, whatever. You know, uh, she can stretch and she can embiggen, Simpsons reference. But in the show, she has hard light where she can make light energy or whatever. And like, it's hard and she can stand on it. And I guess she can shapeshift because of it or whatever. But I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's too bad. They turned the show into some ridiculous magic school bus. No, for real. I was actually like, oh, that's cool. That light, you know, manifests and it's like a rock. Like, and you know, and you can throw it and you can punch with it and you can shield yourself with it. That's cool. And then what they did, what they did was they made the whole thing about partition. And I think it's funny because I mentioned this and people commented and they were like, are you talking about apartheid, Tim? No, I'm talking about partition in India. I learned all about it watching a Disney show. Yo, I don't want to watch the Magic School Bus. I want to watch some girl get superpowers and punch a guy with a big light glowing fist. Okay, I want to watch a dude pull out an, an elvish blade and battle orcs. It's fun. It's adventure. It's not real life. I don't turn on Disney because I'm like, I'd like to experience the plight of the marginalized communities. No, I, I, that's real life. We talk about that all the time. We want to calm down. We want to relax. And what do we get from Disney and other, it's just regurgitated garbage. And when they finally do think of something they can do that's more interesting or unique, they'll be like, but make sure we make it, you know, woke as possible and give a good message. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just. I'm not the only one who feels this way. We felt this way for like 10 years already. Gamergate was a long time ago. So you know what? Fine. We'll make our own stuff.
We'll make our own stuff. We're making our own stuff. And our own stuff is going to be way better. We've got a, a really offensive um, show planned for next month. And I'm not going to ruin the joke, but it's just like, I'm pretty sure if we put it on YouTube, they would get really mad at us. I don't think it would be banned, but I'm pretty sure the jokes we are going to do, like, first of all, if you've seen the Cast Castle stuff we're doing, it's um, it's all about Ian Crossland, our good friend over from TimCast IRL co-host, who is uh, running for union president. Unfortunately for him, absentee ballots coming at 3 a.m. and then he just loses the election. So there's a lot of gags in there. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. We're working on upping the quality. We're getting better microphones and we're just learning as we go because we're going to make our own stuff. That's all we can do. We've got an episode coming up next week um, inspired by our good friend, George Alexopoulos, a.k.a. G Prime 85, which is going to be considered. Oh, man, the woke people are their heads are going to explode when they see this. But we're going to be crass, crude, edgy. You know, it's like, come on. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Pull down some episodes or something like that. No, we're going to be, you know, I guess tastefully offensive because they won't. That's just so stupid. You know, look, I don't think Tim Cass is going to take political stances necessarily like the company itself. I don't care if the employees do. You know, we've had employees post things about a variety of issues. And I'm just like, you know, the one thing I'll say is we, we, we had an employee recently post something that was like real dark. And then I was like, yo, that was real dark. And I, I like, I wouldn't say it was, it wasn't like hate speech or anything. It was just like, yikes. And I was like, we don't, we don't have a policy saying you can't post whatever you want. I'm just saying like, I want to try and make sure people aren't, you know, going off the rails or anything like that. But I'm not going to tell someone they can't post their political opinions because it is what it is. And if someone comes to me and like, you have an employee who said a naughty word, I'd be like, wow. And thanks for letting me know, I guess. If it's not about what we do and if it's not from us, I don't want to tell you. Like if, if an employee writes an article that says something horrible, like I'll be like, nah, you can't do that. Take that down. If an employee posts on their own social media, I'm going to be like, they have an opinion I don't like. I don't know. You know, we try to tell people to be mindful, but we don't play those games. I'm not going to play this game like Disney. But we do have our politics too. So I'll tell you this. We do we do expect some politics in our content. And in this regard, political neutra- neutrality is sort of a stance because it's the stance that we are asking for. They want wokeness. We want neutrality. Everything is political to a certain degree. The left isn't wrong about that. The problem is they're injecting their cult into our into our into our into our entertainment. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.